0: Welcome to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen. Each week, we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness, yoga, addictions, spirituality, mental health, rituals, and everything in between. The goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives. My mission is to help others by shining awareness on real life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Whatever you are going through in this moment, you are not alone, so let's connect and heal our vibe within. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen, and uh, I'm really excited to share this part two of the Magical Darkness of Awakening this is a little, you know, mini series that I'm putting together. Each episode is about an hour long, um, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, and it's really, really fun for me to like put this all together because it's been a process of really putting some ideas and theories and thoughts and reflections together into a series that can really transform our traumas into medicine and that's what this episode's about. It's about awakening to the traumas, the shadow, the anger, the depression, the darkness of ourselves and transmuting that into our own medicine to heal. And um, here's some topics that I that I dive deep into in this episode. I talk about, moving and how that can uh, make us get into fight-or-flight mode. I talk about how we can find ourselves in fight-or-flight mode and it's really hard to shake ourselves out of it. I talk about pain coming out as anger and isolation and irritability and shame and depression and how anger and depression are um, literally connected um, as one. And then I get into this kind of nice little um, reflection of how if you're dealing with anger and lashing out and saying things and doing things you don't mean, if you listen or if you watch the show End of the Fucking World, I kind of did a show analogy of how the character in that show is doing shadow work. And then after I talk about that I talk about how we can do shadow work how it feels energetically I talk about traveling I talk about listening to our gut saying no canceling travel plans like I had to do I talk about um really awakening to who we are instead of spiritual bypassing all of that shit um I talk about ayahuasca and how the plant medicine is starting to calm me. I talk about psilocybin and how I'm going to start doing microdosing protocol. I talk about how we're always running away from ourselves and how we're, we're running away from pain and how that pain and that running away from pain is fight-or-flight mode and how we have to really stop doing that. Um, I talk about how bipolar is this label that we um, negatively label but we're all bipolar and we're all going through cha- transitions and we're all going through changes and everybody's bipolar and everybody is flowing through this chaos and um, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode it's there's a lot of information that I've pulled from different podcasts and books and I've put it together in a way that um I can just really just let it flow out for you guys and I hope that it helps you. I hope that whatever you're going through, you understand that there is a way out and you don't have to get on a plane and go hike 20 miles in Peru to get true healing. We can do it right here, right now. And speaking about it and connecting to people is the first step. So transforming our traumas into our medicine, that's what it's about and I hope you enjoy it. This episode is brought to you by Fresh Cap Mushrooms. My friends over at Fresh Cap know what they're doing, and they have helped me wean myself off of coffee. I used to be that kind of person that would drink three or four caffeinated coffee drinks throughout the day, and it was really killing my adrenals. It was not a fun time. And we all know that we're all busy with our lives and we want to feel clear, focused, rejuvenated. We don't have time to feel sluggish or depressed or anxious, which coffee was starting to make me feel all those things. Um, I really love the electric lion's mane. I put this in my elixir every morning and what I do is I mix the electric lion's mane with the recharged chaga. And what the lion's mane does is it helps with focus and memory, mental clarity, mood and creativity which is a really big plus for me because I'm always creating, I'm teaching yoga, I'm speaking, I'm writing and I always need more creative boost through the day. And then what does chaga do? So chaga is all about immune balance. It detoxifies your cells. Uh, it also helps with anxiety and stress reduction. And I also learned recently that it can help your body regulate temperature in the winter. So if you live in a cold climate, it can help you with that seasonal depression that can hit us really hard, and I know that I sometimes feel it. This is my first winter up north in almost a decade, and I'm feeling it, so I make sure that I put chaga in my morning elixirs. And there's also the hero, which is cordyceps, which is all about increased energy, sport performance, endurance. I've been hearing a lot of bodybuilders, a lot of um, high performers, performance athletes, uh, really, really drinking cordyceps every day. And then there's the shield, which is turkey tail. It boosts immunity. It fights illness and disease. So each of these powders is designed to help up-level our health and wellness. And I can't go a morning without it. I, My elixir is my ritual, and Fresh Cap knows what they're doing. So head on over to freshcapmushrooms.com. You can also follow them on Instagram, Fresh Cap Mushrooms. And you can use discount code Gypsy Love at checkout. That's Gypsy Love, G Y P S Y L O V E. Use that discount code at checkout, and happy healing. All right, so this is part two of this little series about the magical darkness of awakening. Um, if you haven't tuned in to the first part, that might um, help. But the parts aren't really like a storyline. It's just broken up so that we can easily digest it together. And yeah, so I'm gonna start off by saying a quote that I heard on a podcast yesterday or the day before um, by Eric Godsey, who has his own podcast and he's um, affiliated with On It and and Aubrey Marcus and all that. So the quote he said was you can turn any trauma into medicine if you're willing to share it as art and that is basically a catalyst and a nice way to start off this episode because this series is part of that it's it's turning my traumas into a way of transmuting that into medicine and sharing it with you guys in a way that isn't just talking about me and my problems and my traumas, but using the the pain, using the traumas that we go through as an opportunity to awaken ourselves to what we're capable of instead of falling victim to the traumas and the toxic relationships and the wounds that occurred to us through our most vulnerable years, you know, middle school, high school, college. Now, it doesn't matter what what age you are or what what part of your life you're in, you are still processing and making sense of something that happened to you maybe last year, last week, 10 years ago. And instead of harping on it, instead of labeling ourselves and identifying ourselves as trauma or this happened to me, we can use that traumatic experience and use it as medicine to actually help ourselves and transform the trauma into a medicine. So I found that quote really, really helpful and he just has a way with words, so if you don't listen to his podcast, it's it's really good. Um, the Myths That Make Us with Eric Godsey, he's cool. Um, so yeah, this that just leads me into this whole idea that self-discovery and self-development is, is a fun road, and sometimes it's just really not. Um, this year has been... The most earth-shattering um, awakening out of my whole yoga and yoga teaching journey and career and and all that, because I had to really surrender to a variety of rock bottoms. And like I said, this self-discovery and self-development world once when you're on Instagram or you're on social media, it's all about, oh, buy this product or crystals and beauty and the positive affirmations and positive thought and spiritual bypassing. And that there is a, there is a time and place for that because if you do get stuck in a depressive state or an anxiety state, sometimes it really does require positive affirmations and a rewiring of the brain because we're so used to talking to ourselves like shit. Um, but it's not all easy. It's not all just buy this product. It's not all just meditate and move. It's it's literally like dragging your feet sometimes and getting through the day is, is a hard thing to do when you're feeling stuck, when you're in a rock bottom and I'm gonna get more into rock bottoms I'm not sure if I'm gonna do it in this part or part three but there's three or four types of rock bottoms that I have categorized and deeply deeply been in thought about and I've pinpointed each of the rock bottoms in categories and connected it to to when I was in Each type of rock bottom and I've even kind of looked at the people around me and you know subconsciously kind of label them into whatever rock bottom they're in because there's different levels to rock bottoms and there are different types of rock bottoms. A rock bottom doesn't have to be the lowest point of your life. A rock bottom can be just you know a crappy relationship that you're letting go of um, but I will get more into rock bottom. So if you're into that stuff, stay stay with me. Um, so a lot of this inner work and a lot of the shadow work is not pretty. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure a lot of you know that. The more you start awakening to the way that you are and the way that you're living your life, um, it can be very surprising. And I've noticed that I have been living in fight-or-flight mode in a physical way, in an emotional way, in an energetic way ever since last January, late January, because that's when I moved out of my house in Miami that I was in for three years. I closed that chapter, and little did I know, I wouldn't, ha- I wouldn't find a legit home until June 1st, Um, so about, you know, count how many months that is. So I spent from January to June in fight-or-flight mode. I moved three times. I moved stuff into a storage unit in Miami. I was homeless for a week. I had to say goodbye to my cat for two months to have my mom take care of him because I didn't know where I was going to be living. A lot of a lot of shit went down. A lot of shit that was out of my control. I got um, scammed by a realtor who still hasn't paid me. She has a thousand dollars of mine and my, he was going to be my roommate in Miami. She scammed us and completely fell off the, the, the earth and um, we were just scammed completely. So that was traumatic. And then it felt like a never ending process of trying to find a, a home. I came up to Philly to stay with a friend. Um, I really fell in love with the vibe of Philly. Didn't know why, didn't didn't know what I was going to do, but something within me, my gut, my intuition, even though I kind of didn't want to listen to it, kept telling me it's time to move. Just give Philly a try. Maybe it'll be easier to find an apartment here. Maybe you won't get scammed, you know? because at this point I had nothing to lose. I was already homeless. My stuff was in storage. I didn't have my cat. I didn't have a job. I literally this is probably one of the the biggest rock bottoms of my life and I'm like I said I'm going to get deeper into the rock bottom stuff but um just I think I'm going to save that for the next part. Um the the fact that I came up to Philly on a whim to stay with a friend um that turned out to be very very bad. Um, lots of drugs, lots of alcohol, lots of narcissistic abuse, emotional, like confuse confusion, um, just a really weird fucking period of time in my life. Um, but like I said, everything, everything does lead us to the next. So if it feels like the universe is like just ripping off band-aids and pushing you on the ground and then lifting you back up and pushing you in another direction, All you can kind of do is just flow with the signs and the synchronicities and the symbols and like it's gonna be a rough kind of patch when you're in such a transition, obviously. But if you can find a way to kind of flow with the wind of the chaos, like that helps, and that that's what got me through. That period of time was just surrendering and being like you know what I know that this is temporary so that's the one thing that I can know that this is temporary I'm not going to be homeless forever I'm not going to be without my cat forever Uh, I'm going to find an apartment like having those little glimpses of hope and joy even in the darkest moments when you're uncomfortable and when you're just surrounded by dissatisfaction and fucking chaos Um, those glimpses will really help you get out of those, like, deep, deep waters of of doubt and guilt and anxiety. And, you know, there's, during these shadow work periods and these awakening to who we are periods, there's going to be many moments that the mind becomes aware of, you know, how we're acting, and for me, this layer of disgust and, like, self-loathing will come through. I don't know about you guys, but the more I awaken to myself, the less I like myself, so in Buddhism and in meditation, I don't know if you guys, um, are into that stuff, but I listen to a lot of Joseph Goldstein's podcast, and then last night I was listening to the episode that he was on, um, sam harris's podcast the wake the making sense podcast he was on there and uh they're basically saying like awakening and enlightenment and meditation it's not doesn't feel good there's there's going to be a period of time that you actually feel quite like shit and it's because you're awakening to who you are and you're awakening to a version of yourself that you don't like and that you want to change and that goes right right hand in hand with this self-development whole craze is that there's versions of ourselves that we're trying to release and relinquish and move past. But in order for us to do that, we really have to, like, meet ourselves. We have to, like, there's two sides to our, our mind. It's the light and the dark. And in order for us to move through and to really transcend away from a dark part of ourselves or a dark version of ourselves we have to we have to have the light and the dark part meet each other in the middle and have that conversation and a lot of what's going on in the self-development industry and movement is um bypassing and saying oh well I'm not in my past anymore so that's not me well guess what it is you Like, guess what? The things that you said and the things that you did and the things that we all said and we all did and the ways that we poisoned our bodies and the the ways that we let toxic people into our lives or into our bodies with toxic sex, we did that and we have to like own up to it. And there's a fine line between harping and lingering in the past and ruminating and then that fine line between acceptance and radical acceptance and moving forward and a really good book that I've been listening on audio is uh, Radical Acceptance by Tara Brock so that's a really good one too Um, and when I move through these moments of of seeing myself from an outside perspective of of this wow like this disgust like looking at myself as kind of like There's this gremlin part of me who's angry and disgusted and always irritable and always anxious and always in pain and always suffering. And we all have that version of ourselves. But I I feel like that version of myself is a little bit too strong sometimes. And layers and layers of self-loathing and replaying words and scenarios back over in my head of moments, I have, you know, I've overreacted, I've let my stress and anxiety get the best of me I've said things I regret I've done things I regret I have energy that I regret sometimes when when I'm around people but it's because I'm so irritated and that's when the practice comes in that's when the awareness and the wokeness comes in of our meditation and our our spiritual practice like oh wow I'm you drop in and you, you realize real quick oh wow I'm I'm not acting in a way that's nice I wouldn't want to be around me if I was acting this way so I have overreacted and let my stress and anxiety get the literal best of me and I'm sure that we all do and when you suffer with mental illness um you sometimes don't know why you say the things that you say um But it's like the mental illness takes control and power over your own words and reactions. So I'm not sure if anybody watches End of the Fucking World. But basically what I just said um, about how we say things and act in ways that we really don't understand why the words and the actions came out. It's just like something comes over us that happens when we're, when we're really deep in a mental illness, um, and, end of the fucking world is, like, a really good show if you are into mental health, and, um, the storyline is just, it's, it's such a perfect recollection of PTSD, depression, anxiety, trauma, trauma victims, I mean, it's a little extreme, and the storyline is a little, crazy it's you know it's a show but the characters are very replicatory of these things I'm speaking about and the show is filmed in a way that you can hear what the character's thinking but they don't say it out loud but they verbalize it um, in the show so when you so when they want to say something out loud and they don't you actually hear what their internal dialogue is and Alyssa is the main character of the show, and she has rage and anger and depression and PTSD. She got raped. Um, and in order for her to cope, she curses, she treats everyone around her like shit, um, she says things that she doesn't mean. And her, but then her internal dialogue is much different. Um, <laughs> you know? she she says things that she just really doesn't mean she's disgusted by herself and what she says out loud differs than what she feels and her internal dialogue says you know I can't do this anymore everyone in my family is shit they treat people like shit I guess that's just why I am the way that I am you know she says sometimes I don't even know why I say the things I say um So she's quite aware of how she is expressing herself through anger. And anger comes out of depression. Anger is one of the main ways for depression to channel itself out of the mind and the body. So it's completely normal. and she becomes more and more clear with how she comes off as the second season continues so you should definitely watch the first and the second season and she's awakening to her shadow um and it's really it's kind of cool and comforting to watch because at times I feel like her my pain comes out as anger and isolation and irritability and shame and depression and the the pain is the main seed that plants depression and it can come, it can come out in pretty like unshakable ways at times. Um, and that's the seed though. And then the depression is the seed and then the anger is what what roots up and rises up. So if somebody's judging you from the outside looking in, they're just going to say, oh, that person's super angry, such an asshole, such a, you know, such a bitch. Um, But what they don't realize is that that anger is what is derived from the depression. So as we're on this self-healing path and self-development and self-growth path, um, one thing that I've been questioning and and really just questioning spirit and my highest self is like how much therapy or energy healing or ayahuasca am I going to need to drink to shake this version of myself off so I can really lift the layer of anger and sadness and the internal prison that we can create from isolation and I haven't done ayahuasca yet but I truly do feel like it's in my future the plant medicine has definitely been calling me. Um, but before I do that, I'm actually going to be doing the psilocybin microdose protocol, um, getting all that shit together. So before I get into like the deeper plant medicines, like ayahuasca, I'd like to just slowly reintroduce, um, lower doses and microdoses of plant medicine into my life because it helps. It's been helping people and there's tons of podcasts and case studies you can listen to and read about how microdosing psilocybin can help with depression, anxiety, OCD, PTSD, trauma, everything. So it's worth a shot if you're, you know, kind of at your wits end with your therapy situation. Um, Because for me, going to a therapist is great, but there's just not there's a layer that that needs to be broken and I think that only I can kind of break that layer and only you know how to break that layer you're in your head you're in your body and I'm not I'm not saying everybody needs to go in microdose shrooms but there are ways to get out of our head and breath and movement and yoga that's a quick way to get out of your head and connect to your body which is What holds on to so much trauma? And it's totally normal to feel this like bipolar type energy. I was just listening to um, the Align podcast. Yeah, the Align podcast with Aaron Alexander. And it was the episode with Dr. John D. Martini about human behavior and neuroplasticity and the mind-body connection. And he was talking about how it's normal to be kind of bipolar. I mean, what are we supposed to do? Be the same each and every day and not have reactions and just always be in a good mood or, you know, always be in a bad mood, like there needs to be some kind of variable and of, you know, uh, some kind of growth aspect and understand what ticks us off, what's going on, why am I in this mood, what is this triggering, why is this person triggering me, what is it about the situation or the experience or this day or what's, how do I feel in my physical body that's triggering me to get all angry and irritable, um, I know that if I wake up in the morning and I feel tight and my joints feel tight and I feel cold and I feel sore or I feel inflamed or swollen or anything like that, that's instantly going to put me in a bad mood. And I know that that's, you know, it's not necessarily good. But if I wake up not feeling good physically, my emotional well-being is fucked. And that's why we're all into these quick hacks like cold showers and saunas and ice baths and stretching and breath work and these are the tools that we can quickly implement into our healing just to get our body into a frequency where we feel comfortable and then it's easier to tap into the mind for me it's like if if I have a therapy session scheduled which I haven't gone in a while and um I go randomly now, but if I have a therapy session scheduled, I really, really do everything in my nature so I can feel good physically before that session starts. Like getting a workout session in, at least walking, at least having an elixir, at least maybe using the sauna, getting outside so that when the therapy session hits, I can go in it with like kind of a clear... Aspect, so I know what I want to talk about, I know what I want to get across. Um, not saying that you're going to go into every therapy session feeling good and feeling positive um, because the days that you're not feeling positive or not feeling good physically, you still need to vocalize that. And sometimes it's hard to vocalize how shitty you're feeling when you're actually like having a good day. Same thing goes for, like, going to the doctor. Like, if if you felt really, really crappy last week and then you finally got a doctor's appointment the next week and you feel okay, when you go into that doctor appointment, you're probably not going to express how crappy you felt the week before because you don't feel like that anymore. So that's when journaling comes in and that's when logging, you know, we have to like be kind of like scientists and case studiers of our own self because things are always changing our physical adaptation is always changing our mind is always changing and it's nice to just like have some focal points of like okay I was feeling really bad two weeks ago what was I doing what was I taking What was I ingesting who was I around what happened for me to feel so fucking bad physically and emotionally so that's why I love journaling because it really helps me just like put two and two together and understand why the why is so important and that brings me into this this point is that everything's evolving and changing so quickly and so dramatically. Like one day I'll love the person I really am and I'm really evolving and meshing into the person I want to be and I have less anger, less reaction, you know, more zen, more acceptance, more self-love, not speaking to myself with debilitating words and not harming others with negative energy or words. And then there's days when it's all too much and all of that dissipates you know like there's days for me like the weather's too cold and there's too many things I need to accomplish like I feel stuck I can't I can't get anything done I can't get past this layer of of like stuckness and I I need to get creative and go outside and be productive or go work out and this is a stuckness energetically and physically that we can find ourselves in, and it can make us feel lost, hopeless, completely and utterly alone with no one to help. Um, and it's it's a terrifying wall to hit after a really, after having a really high and good day with great energy and little to no reactions and just feeling on top of your game. It's really challenging to hit a dark day. It could be the next day. Um And it's it's kind of like I see I see it as we are playing cat and mouse with the light version who wants to emerge. But there's this thick sludge sludgy mud texture blocking them from emerging. And it's a dance. And sometimes I don't know how to get out of it. And, you know, it's almost like you're playing this this dance cat and mouse game with this dark and light version. And it's kind of like we're we're running away from that dark version of ourselves and we're trying to duck and chase and run and escape and just get away from that dark energy because we don't want to identify with it. We don't want to be in that headspace. We just want to be light and free and have good days, but we have to stop spiritually bypassing and just understand why we are the way we are in those dark days and then once we can accept it and acknowledge it and write it and practice it and be with it, then we can get through it to the other side. And I know it sounds so, like, cheesy and, you know, like, like, word porn, but it's just true. And I don't know any other way to to describe it. Um, always running away from pain and, and all that, that's, that's actually suffering. That is... That in itself is a whole realm of suffering, running away from pain. If you think about it, when you're running away, your body is in a a fight-or-flight mode. You're in flight, you're running, you're escaping, you're getting away. If you're always running away from pain and always trying to soothe it in some way, that means that you're always in fight-or-flight mode and you're always having that adrenaline-cortisol type energy running through your your body and I am really trying to break that cycle for me at least Um, I'm completely aware that the last year of my life like 11 months of my life I've been in fight or flight mode because moving um, that has to do with your root chakra and moving has to do with fight or flight literally you're you're moving you're fighting you're You're moving your things, you're moving your body, or you don't know where you're going to live. Like, that's a huge fight or flight. And sometimes when we keep running away from our pain and our suffering, we don't even know who we are anymore because we're just constantly trying to run away from that dark version of ourselves. And if we just allow ourselves to look at him or her in the eye and say, okay, what do you want? Like, you're not going to define me. We don't have to let these dark versions and parts of ourselves define us. And the the drastic peaks of emotion that comes with that shadow work, it's, it's no joke. And I can say for myself that I feel like I'm at a fork in the road and I need something to up-level me. And I keep feeling called to like I said ayahuasca but first I'm gonna do psilocybin because I'm somewhat desperate and I know that desperate isn't that great of a word but it's true and it's how I feel and we get to this point where it's like I can't do this anymore I can't fucking take this anymore and that that in itself is a rumbling and a, an awakening and a deep deep like just Upleveling of our consciousness that phrase I can't do this anymore I can't live like this anymore that is like the biggest awakening conscious phrase you could ever say right I can't live like this anymore it's a negative comment it's a negative way to put it a more positive way to flip that comment would be I am ready to live my life differently now So I'm trying to do that and I'm trying to switch the grip of these phrases that we use. I can't live like this anymore. I can't, I can't handle this anymore. I can't fucking take feeling like this anymore. That's actually really good that we're awakening to those things, but we can always transform that and transmute it into a more positive phrase. Um, Our words really do absorb themselves into our body and after years and years of yelling at myself and beating myself up emotionally and physically I used to like punch myself I used to like look in the mirror and like hate myself so much I used to hate my body so so much I used to fucking punch my body and scratch my body and Like, when I was deep, deep in the eating disorder, I would, like, grab parts of my body that I hated and just, like, this feeling of, like, wanting to, to, like, rip off your skin and escape out of your body and jump out of your skin. Like, that's pure panic. That's pure anxiety. And that energy needs to be released. And that's why we can, we're so, like, we hear people, like, going to these, I think they're in L.A., but these these panic rooms right I think they that's what they're called is that you can like go in these panic rooms and like start breaking shit and like breaking glasses and fucking up furniture and um I haven't been able to go to one of those yet but that'd be cool I've actually been thinking about going to a boxing gym there's tons of them here in Philly and I now that my wrist is healed I've been really wanting to do some like kickboxing or just boxing or getting into some kind of like jiu kind of thing. Um, I feel like that'd be a really cool place to meet people. Um, so that's one of my goals is to get out of my comfort zone and do that. But something you can do on your own if you have all this built up energy, this this tension, this anger, this... Oh, this I need to get the fuck out of my skin. Like what I was just saying, if... If you're just like, you need to get out of your body and you need to let some of that aggression out, you can punch a pillow. You can punch your mattress. You can fucking punch anything that's soft and just get that energy out of your body. You can go outside and jump up and down. You can punch the air. Who the fuck cares? If it's going to help you release that energy that's built up, go for it. Um, I'm thinking that maybe I should just fucking go buy some punching gloves, some boxing gloves on eBay or Amazon and just like take that initial step and and get myself to a boxing gym and really just do it. Um I really really think that that's an amazing way to let go of aggression because we can't always let this aggression out on ourselves and others. We have to find different channels and outlets. So for me, what I'm, what I'm, this is leading me into this, this, this idea of committing, committing suicide to that version of ourself that we want to kill off. And I'm not talking about committing suicide literally. I think I spoke about this in part one, mm-hmm. but spiritual suicide and killing off that version of ourselves that that we're just done with. And if I'm so sick of living with myself and I'm so ready to kill this version of myself, um, for me, the most logical way to do that would be ayahuasca. And yeah, the fear is there, you know, but if I die, at least it's over, (laughs) you know, when you're so deep in a depression and so deep in this dark awakening, um, there's moments where you just are wondering why you're here and what's the point like if things are going to be like this forever then what's the point like if i'm going to be alone forever what's the point that's the depression that's that's the voice of the depression and i i consider it like a human being another different human being in me maybe you can relate but you know i'm so ready to off this version of gab who hates herself sometimes way too much. So I think that it's about leaping into fear and having faith that the ayahuasca will cleanse me and the plant medicines will cleanse me and help me rebirth into a different version of myself that will help me forgive and be happy and move on. And part of me is terrified to do ayahuasca because I know I'm when i when the time comes i'm going to be forced with myself 100 times more intense and worse than just a normal depressed day for me because um i feel like this awakening and this this dark magical period of awakening is happening when i'm completely sober there's not a single ounce of drug or alcohol in my body at this point so i can only imagine <laughs> how uh how much more fucking crazy that would be on the plant medicine, but like I said, once you're done, you're done. Once you're ready to kill that past version of yourself, you're ready to fucking kill it and move forward, and if you're tired of hating yourself so much, then it's time to kill that version of of yourself because there's there's no space for it anymore, and you don't have to take plant medicines to do that. You can just have this new way of living and new way of being and live with it and be with it and be true to yourself and journal and meditate and do all these things and move your body and connect to source so i i do know that will happen you know sooner or later um Right now, I'm not fortunate enough to hop on a plane and head to a five star Ayahuasca resort, you know, and pay thousands of dollars. Right now, um, I'm really trying to save money and set up my life. I mean that that's a huge thing with me with turning thirty. Um, I'm not thirty yet, but I really, I really want to be set up um, in my thirties. I want to be set up financially and ayahuasca is a quick fix of course it's you know people say it's decades of therapy in uh, in one night and that's all great but you know after that ayahuasca trip or the the seven days then you have to go back to your life and if you're poor and you have five dollars in your bank account from draining it to go do ayahuasca that's not that's not ideal that's that's really fucking stupid So it's challenging to be in this space and listening to all these people with their amazing ayahuasca stories. And a lot of them might have gone to these places for free. A lot of these people are famous on Instagram or they they work for companies who uh, have connections within these spiritual resorts. Um, And that's great, too. But it's very expensive. And that's the real part of this. It's if there's two sides to this, this movement is that it's very expensive to do these therapeutic um, ways of healing and these, these therapies and, you know, like cold and hot exposure and um, going to these like resorts and having a sauna in your house and having a float tank in your house. This isn't cheap. Going to a ketamine clinic. These are all things that have been on my mind recently. Is like, wow. Like I'm, I, I would love to to go to a ketamine clinic and actually safely um, do a therapy, a therapeutic session with ketamine. Not like how the people in Philly are doing ketamine and sniffing it, sniffing it up their nose and being a fucking dope fiend for it. I'm talking about intravenously or going to an actual therapy center there is a ketamine clinic in Philly Um, but but like I said these things are expensive so if you're suffering financially and you're suffering physically and emotionally the last thing you want to hear after you know binging on podcasts is ayahuasca is going to heal your autoimmune disease and your trauma and your rape and your sexual abuse or it's gonna heal your brain injury it's gonna heal this It's gonna heal your addiction it's gonna heal your alcoholism like that's great but you're still sitting here with not enough money to go on the journey and I'm sure you could also find ayahuasca for free but that's like a death sentence so I'm just in this in-between realm of like okay I really want to experiment with plant medicines. so what's the best way I can do that? Well, psilocybin isn't as expensive, and there's ways to find it, and there's tons of information online, so yeah. Um, what else? Right now, um, I do, you know, I do find myself daydreaming and, and hoping and wishing that this big lump of some money will come into my life so I can like, you know, binge on all these um, therapy types, uh, scenarios and journeys. Um, But there's also practical ways and cheap ways to do all this as well. And that's, that's the thing is that those are the things that are going to help us get out out of these, these cycles. Because after you go and do ayahuasca or after you go and travel and do a solo Um, travel you know to Peru or you know Costa Rica or Bali or whatever everything everything ends everything comes to an end and you're you're gonna have to go integrate it into your life and that's why integration is such a buzz topic right now is integrating all of these things into your life and living your life in this human body in this human experience and going to work and dealing with your family and dealing with your relationships and integrating what what you learn from plant medicines or these rituals and these routines and implementing it into your life. And um, I was actually supposed to be traveling right now. I had planned to travel to Bali for the month of December and January to escape the cold. And something within me just kept saying, Why are you putting all this pressure on yourself to go travel for your 30th birthday when you're trying to save money? And like this, this, this really truthful, honest and calm voice kept coming in and saying, why are you doing this? Why are you putting so much pressure on yourself to go on this solo journey? And then I started waking up and saying, you're right. You know, I I don't necessarily want to go travel by myself for two months especially when your physical health isn't doing so great like what that could actually just make it so much worse and I think I did talk about a little bit of this in part one but we have to be honest with ourselves and traveling is a completely it's a completely um, valid way to literally escape your reality in this physical realm and go and bring your body to a different place which creates a new reality for you in that in that short period of time that you're traveling, whether it's one week or, you know, three to six months. But then that ends, and then you're going to have to go back to your life, wherever that is. But what I realized um, the past two times that I've gone to Bali, whether it was with a couple people or whether it was with myself, um, I still resorted to my toxic behaviors and my patterns and my depression and my anxiety still traveled with me halfway across the world. So that's just that's just the truth. That's just the harsh truth is that you can travel to China and you can be um, stimulated and you can be hyper-stimulated with the change and everything's different and everything is new but at the end of the day, you're left with yourself in your hotel room or in your hostel room and after all day of being on high alert and you know being in that like adventure mode and meeting people, you're left with your emotions, you're left with your trauma, you're left with yourself and if you can't do the work, running away and solo traveling and going on a crazy Peru hike isn't necessarily going to heal ourselves it can it, it definitely can be part of our healing process because it can it can challenge our body and our mental strength in ways that we we aren't getting in our everyday life so I think that there's a time and place for traveling um, but for me I realized that it was just a way for me to one escape the cold because this is my first winter that I'm actually experiencing which is why I'm so excited to go to Miami for my birthday and I'm not sure when I'm going to be posting this so maybe by the time I post it I'm already 30 Um, but it's okay to for me I said okay if I'm not gonna go on this solo journey to Bali and completely stress myself out and completely drain my bank account just, just to say that I went to Bali and I was there for my 30th birthday and to like be in that realm like I've been in that realm I've gone to Bali twice and I don't need to get on a plane and fly 40 hours away from home and away from my cat and away from this to find healing and to find medicine and to find a spiritual awakening because obviously the spiritual awakening is already happening right here in my room in Philly It doesn't matter where the fuck you are. You're going to awaken when when your soul is ready to awaken itself. And so I said, okay, if I'm not going to go to Bali, then I'll, I'll take a little trip to Miami for a week and I'll take advantage of being in the sunshine and the warmth and see some people that I didn't really get a chance to say goodbye to and take yoga and go to the spa and get a massage and whatever. Way cheaper than a trip to bali you know it's like we really need to like sit with ourselves and be like why are you creating so much stress for me and like talk to that dark version of yourself and be like just get away from me like let me live my life without this this layer of judgment and ridicule so that's where i'm at i hope that this episode helped you this is part two um in part three I'm gonna get into the different types of rock bottoms and there's about three or four different types of rock bottoms that I've been writing about and really researching in my own kind of way and I'm really really excited to get into that into that part because we're gonna get into the nitty-gritty of what these rock bottoms mean and symbolize and how we can get out of them and how we can actually transform our rock bottoms into our medicine. So thanks for listening. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to that episode of The Vibe Within. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope that it is resonating in a way that can be different from other podcasts because Let's face it, you're sitting here or doing whatever you're doing and you're spending your time with me on this podcast, so I just really, um, from the bottom of my heart, uh, am super grateful that you guys, um, you know, are sharing this space with me and... I try to get to all of your DMs, and I love um, communicating with you guys on Instagram. It's pretty much the only way that I put this podcast out there, so that's that's how it kind of started, uh, by connecting with you guys, and it's all about connection, and I know it's hard to get in that realm, especially when you're suffering with mental illness or depression or anything like that, but... There are little ways to get through, and um, I hope this little series helps you. It's been kind of therapeutic for me to um, record these episodes and kind of get out of my head, if you will, and just, just speak. And it really helps, so speak and write and do all those things and let it out and do whatever you need to do to get to a place where you feel you know, like, the edge has come off, you know, like, during the day, I can feel edgy, I can feel resistant, I can feel uncomfortable, but then when I just, like, lock down into my routines and my rituals, it really helps just, like, ground me, so that's my little spiel, thank you so much for your energy and time, and if you could leave me a review or a rating, and you're still listening to this, I love you. <laughs> Rating review on iTunes. It helps the podcast thrive. So that's it. Throwing myself into this darkness, I've been so fucked up in my own head, trying to face all my feelings.